0: This is a English, though. Yeah. But it's a Chinese story. You can speak Chinese, right? You can speak English? Okay. Chang uh, Daoling. This is a story related Chang Daoling. Chang Daoling Ling is a very, very tall, 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 and very uh, vigorous guy. Yeah. His eyebrow is very, very bushy. Yeah? He's about uh, seven feet tall, over. Woo! And he has a very large and round forehead. Yeah? Chang Taoling is one of the, the teachers of China a long, long time ago. Yeah? In uh, Taoism. Mm. Now, on the right foot, he has seven black dots that are uh, connected together. It looks like uh, the, uh, the Big Dipper, you know seven stars in the sky. Yeah. He has a very powerful and long, long arms that go all the way over his knees. And his knees is, uh, you know, oh, down there. Yeah? And his arms, go all over down there, or over the knees. Wow. And he walk with tiger-like powers. Yeah? Very strong. And... Very fast, like a flying dragon, right? Before he was conceived, uh, the mother of Chan taoling dreamed that she saw a giant descending from the North Star. So the lord of the North Star came to her and gave her a flower. When she awoke the next morning, she smells still the fragrance in her room. Yeah. And discover that she has conceived a child. Throughout the ten months of her pregnancy, the fragrance always lingering around her as long as she has the baby in the womb. Okay. When Chang Tao Lin was born. <laughs> A yellow cloud covered the house and purple mist hovered about his mother's bedroom. Yeah. When he came out of his mother's womb, music and fragrance filled the air and the room was flooded with bright light that matched the brilliance of the sun and the moon together." I mean, the light is as bright as the sun and the moon combined, yes. So Chang Tao Ling was exceptionally intelligent. At seven, he understood the teaching of Lao Tzu's Tao Te Ching. By twelve, he had mastered the I Ching and the classics of divination. As a young man, Tao Ling served his community as a provincial (laughs) administrator, but he continued to study the art of the Tao. I don't think it's the art, it's the teaching, no. He continued to uh, study Taoism. Study in this sense doesn't mean that he read books. huh? Hmm. Study means practice in this sense. Uh, he must have like a teacher, enlightened teacher, in in the a Tao path who taught him the uh, method of enlightenment. So, this is uh, mostly when an enlightened master was born in the world. It's similar like that, huh? There are some signs, you know, the light all over the house, or uh, maybe the seven lotus, you know a blooming, something like that, yes. Or maybe the seven lotus wasn't uh, manifesting on the earth for the Buddha to walk on, but it could have been in the vision, you know, in his mother's vision, or someone who is in attendance uh, of his mother's labor day, understand, the day that she gave birth to Sekamuni Buddha. Similar, when Jesus was born, there were the big star... Yeah, that uh, guiding the three saints uh, came to visit Jesus. Remember? Yeah. So Mostly there are signs. Yeah, when a great enlightened master came to earth, there are signs like that. Yeah? Okay. But different signs, is not necessarily the same signs all the time. Hmm. But there's something special, yes, something... Uh, uh, very elevating, yeah not just for show, something that makes people feel happy, feel uh, elated and enlightened it 's not because it 's a sign of heaven or not because the master's so sure off it's just a natural of things when a light being came into the world, they are accompanied by lights, yeah by flower, by a special fragrance or music, yes, it's not necessarily obvious to everybody who, who are in the house at that time, but maybe just obvious to some. Yeah? Okay? The people who are, uh, are endowed with a spiritual uh, faculty or who are probably practicing and who are already enlightened somehow, maybe. Well, ne- not necessary. Sometimes not. <laughs> like in your case, sometimes you practice a lot, you meditate a lot, and you're waiting for a Master to come, and she don't come. And she come to your neighbor
1: <laughs>
0: and tell your neighbour oh, wow it's so difficult to get through my disciples' minds. Oh please come and tell her <laughs> a message, yes? Or maybe your your little kid, yeah. It's only half initiated. Yeah, but so master every day, come play with her, tell her things, and you sit in there next to her drooling and waiting and don't see nothing.
1: <laughs>
0: because your mind <laughs> It's so full of unnecessary stuff that master had uh, no room to walk in to tell you things. Yeah, it happened all the time, right? Yes. Yeah, you know that already. Yes, I only ask you so that you know you have to confirm with me. Otherwise, uh, you think I'm telling the story, or some people who don't have this experience think that I'm making it up. Did I make it up? No. Yeah, good. <laughs> it's true like that, huh? And sometimes the master come to the grocery store owner because you go there shopping every day <laughs> and you go home and you don't see nothing, you don't hear master talk. So I had to go and talk to the shop owner who didn't expect anything and then who got it and then tell you, huh? And then you believe more, yeah. And sometimes you see the master and you think you imagine, yeah? Uh, is it true or not? But the grocery store who has never met master before, who could not imagine anything, and he has nothing to gain from me. When he tells you, then you know, Oh, that's correct, <laughs> something like that. Or tell your family member. Then they believe even more. Yeah? If you tell your family member, sometimes your family member do not believe if they don't practice the Kwaning method. So sometimes it takes stranger to tell people about the message. Yeah? Okay? Right. How? <laughs> Ah, OK. Now, I come back. Ah, we this, Chang Dao Ling, Chang Dao Ling story. OK. Chang Dao Ling was uh, very exceptional. Eh? Hmm. Intelligent, good manner, and understood everything at the young age already. So now, one day, while he was meditating, yeah, in his retreat. I told you. I told you before. Uh, I did not read this, this uh, part yet, you see. I told you uh, he continued to study Taoism. doesn't mean he read books from Taoism, but he truly studied with a master and practiced meditation to realize the Tao, not to recite <laughs> the description of the Tao, but to realize, to be enlightened in the Tao uh, power. Okay, now, so one day, you see, Rana, naturally now, look at this. One day while he was meditating in in his retreat I did not read the whole story eh? today I didn't have time. I read just a little bit in the front and then I thought it's okay, yeah. So now I'm surprised that they even mentioned what I just told you in the front. While he was meditating in his retreat, a white tiger came to his side. In its mouth was a scroll of sacred scripture. Chang Tao Ling knew that it was time for him to leave the world of politics to pursue the Tao. So he resigned his position eh, uh, as a government administrator, and he became a hermit in the mountains. When the emperor heard about Chang Tao Ling's retirement he offer him the title of Imperial Teacher and beg him to return to the government service. Wow! Imperial Teacher, the teacher of the king, the teacher of the royal household. Wow! When he forsake everything, he got even a better position. Don't try, huh?
1: <laughs>
0: Don't try just for that, huh? <laughs> Don't try to... to to give up your secretary post in the village uh, chief office and then hoping for to become prime minister or something. huh? I say, Master, read the story. It inspired me. <laughs> but the emperor, the king, offered him three times. Three times, Chang Taoling refused. Now, because everybody already know at that time, where he uh, meditated on retreat. So he knew that he's not going to have peace staying in that area. So he left and moved to a very, very remote, mountainous region of Sichuan. Okay. Over there, the scenery is very, very beautiful and celestial-like. There was a streams that run very deep and crystal uh, water and the waterfalls cascaded down a beautiful uh, precipitous cliffs. Wow, I wouldn't mind going there. He selected a cave where he could meditate well, learn the art of immortality and attain the Tao. Ah, immortality. So if we go back there, maybe we still can find him. Maybe he's still there. Who knows? Okay, let's go and find him, eh? <laughs> okay, here. What does it mean, immortality? Anybody
1: knows?
0: there. <laughs> Huh? He's still there? Because he learned the art of immortality. Is he still there in that cave? Or somewhere in China? Perhaps. Or maybe he immigrated to the United States. Who knows? But is he still in the world? All right. So, what is the art of immortality? Yeah? It's the art of learning to know that we... Are never born and we will be never dead. Yeah? No death, no birth. Because we became one with all things. We became one with the Creator. Yeah, if the creative force in the universe. Okay, now, uh, is it possible to also learn to live forever or a very long time? Yeah, for many hundred years or oh, even many thousands of years is possible like that. Uh, learning the art of uh, not uh, physically dying is also possible. It just in this uh, story, it means that he has learned not to fear death, yeah? He has learned to transcend life and death, and he has learned to uh, become um, one with the uh, level that people realize that there's no birth, no death, and there's no body to begin with. That is the art of immortality. It's not meaning only that uh, maybe he lives forever. It's not necessary even to live forever in the physical world because we live forever anyway. The physical body is there just for some purposes, and it's an illusion. And when we practice meditation, and during meditation time, sometimes... We realize it is like that, that we don't really have a body. But then when we have still the uh, karmic uh, give and take in this world, then we still need the body. So we came back for a while, and then we go back to heaven and come back to the body and etc., etc. And if you want to live forever, it's also possible. It's just not very necessary. If we want to live long or live forever, we could uh, uh, stay between the border of astral level and physical level. I mean, back and forth, back and forth, we am uh, like a border, you know? Uh, okay. I don't know how to explain this. There is a threshold between the astral level, which is invisible body, yeah? After you suck or die... Your physical body disintegrate, but you have another body. It looks exactly like your body right now. it's just uh, more beautiful, yeah, more useful, and doesn't go old. Yes, and perfect condition. For example, uh, you you lost your arm, one arm here, yeah, or your nose is uh, uh, switched on one side like this, huh? Yeah. But after you leave this physical body, uh, you have the same arm like before, your nose is straight in, uh, in, the, uh, in the middle here, yeah. and uh, your whole body is perfect. Uh, just like uh, the day you were born. Huh? Yes. Well, some people are born with defects. But what I mean is, when you were born perfect, then uh, when you leave the physical body and enter the astral body, your body is perfect. And you will not feel immediately the difference between your astral body and the physical body that you have left behind, except that you saw that, "Hey, how come it looked like me laying in there and who are me here." You know? The people who do not practice the, the Tao, yeah, the path of enlightenment, uh, like, for example, Quaning method, now, when they die, uh, some of them get very confused thinking, oh, maybe they are still alive, I mean, still in physical body. That's why some ghosts, so-called ghosts, linger uh, next to the physical body or, or inside the house that they used to live, trying to get back the possession of whatever they have left, you know, like in the house, yeah? So sometimes if somebody go in their house and use their stuff, you know, they get angry, sometimes they throw a tantrum, and if they're strong enough, they even manifest themselves into... Uh, physical body for a few seconds or a few minutes and scaring the whole household you know and everybody goes screaming out ah, there's a ghost there's a ghost <laughs> yeah that happens okay that happens uh, or they came back and you know uh, even though they cannot manifest into a visible uh, body they, they would make trouble you know they try to throw out things in the house or rattle the doors or uh, moving the chairs and uh, breaking the furniture and the bowl and the plates and all that or uh, rattling the cooking pot and all that make a lot of noise and scare people, yes. Because they are still very confused. How come nobody hear them? How come nobody talk to them? No, how come How come his wife is already kissing somebody else? Yeah, this is uh, terrible <laughs> for him, yeah? Okay, and because they don't have the physical body anymore, they are uh, very uh, sensitive to all the feelings of the people around them. They can travel fast from one uh, city to the next, you know, in a few seconds or in no time at all. And for them, space and time means nothing much. So they can appear anywhere very quickly and also they can see everything, you see? they can feel everything. Like if you're crying for them, they feel very sorrowful, yeah? For example, if the husband just died and the whole house is still crying uh, for him, yeah? The wife or the children uh, and all that, they're crying or even not crying. Uh, their heart feel well, broken because husband just died, father just died. And these uh, non practitioner's soul will hang around them and trying to hug them, comfort them, and talk to them, saying, I'm still here, I'm still here. But uh, the family member cannot hear them. Well, some people hear. Yes, some family member can see them. Uh, I mean, this is rare, yeah, it's rare. But it happened. So they were very, very uh, frustrated and confused. So they just uh, feel very, very sad and suffering, and they don't understand what's going on because they still feel like when they were still in the physical body and they don't understand why everything so changed. And nobody would talk to them and nobody would even recognize they standing nearby or hugging them. Just ignore them completely like that. For them, it is very confusing and frustrating. Uh, so most people, when they talk about immortality, they think in that way. They think, okay, I live forever in this physical body. But it's not always the case, yes? Uh, we, the practitioner, if we have to go, we go, yeah? We have seen many better uh, planets, yeah? Better level of heaven uh, during meditation. We wish to leave this physical body and go there as soon as possible. So it's no, no problem to us. We all prepare, yeah? And we will not linger to this uh, physical uh a planet, if we are a high-level practitioners, we know there are better places to go. Fine. Mm. Some people are not yet uh, on a high level. Of course, they still are very attached to this physical planet. But uh, the people who do not practice, you know, when they die, they confuse like that. Yeah? Okay. Now, the person who refused the emperor order at that time is a very daring person because the emperor could chop your head off for disobeying the emperor or uh, disrespect to the emperor's order. Wow! You could even get all your three-generation head chopped off for being disrespectful to the emperor. But this guy, he's so brave. Maybe he didn't have any family member anymore anyway. (laughs) And also, maybe he knew it, yeah. And even he knew the emperor respectful to him, and might not do the chopping head stuff stuff to him and his family members. But he still run away to another place. Yes. Who knows? You know, it's safer to <laughs> to run away from secular power. You know, from the beginning of the time, we always have problem hmm? with the uh, the power of authority. Uh, anything that is not conformed to the social tradition or religious belief at that time uh, would incur problem yeah, for the person who practices it. Yes. So he ran away somewhere else and there he found a beautiful scenery place to stay and practice. And then he attained the Tao. What does it mean attaining the Tao? Good girl. Mm. <laughs> okay, achieve enlightenment. Good, good. Right. So he had attained a great part of enlightenment, I guess. Yeah. Not just enlightenment, but a great part of it, the great part of wisdom. Okay. Now, Taoling stay in uh, his uh, cave. You know, in this mountain that he had chosen. For many years until one day he heard the cry of a white crane. He knew it was a sign that he would attain enlightenment soon. Yeah, he mean a greater enlightenment, huh? Yeah. Or maybe perfect enlightenment. What meaning when he hear the uh, cry of the crane mean his uh, enlightenment will come to him soon? What does that mean? Is that the real crane that cry? No. no. What is it? The sound. Ah, the inside sound is similar to the sound of the crane. Remember the sound I told you? Many sounds that uh, uh, indicate uh, enlightenment? Yeah, OK. So he heard one of these sounds, and he knew that he's getting more enlightenment now. Or maybe at that time, he began to get enlightenment. Okay? Beginning. All right. The sound of the crane is not the highest, is it? Is it? Okay. So now a year later, when he was stoking the fires of his furnace to uh, incubate the dragon tire elixir, the red shaft of light appeared and illuminated his cave. Oh, this is another mystery. How can you keep uh, in the fire and then the shaft of uh, a light would appear, uh, just a small red shaft of light would illuminate your cave. What does that mean again? The inside light. The inside light, yes. In the old time, you know, people say something like that. You know, like in India, uh, the master likened the elixir of enlightenment to a cup filled with intoxicant wine from the divine. Yeah. Okay, fill my cup with uh, intoxicated elixir. It doesn't mean the real cup. Yeah? And it doesn't mean a physical elixir. It means the inner realization of blissfulness. Okay, good, good. Right.
1: (laughs) Now,
0: (laughs) now, Uh, they are talking in mystery here, but we understand, right? Because we practice the same method. Or else nobody would understand this. They would think it's a physical fire that he was uh, playing with. Yeah. And they would think that the red shaft of light, uh, just a small red shaft of light, would illuminate the whole cave. This is nonsensical, physically speaking. All right. So another year went by. And a white tiger and a green dragon came into the cave and sat by the side of the cauldron to protect the elixir. Huh? So people would think he has a pot where he was cooking the elixir for all these years. And the white tiger and the green dragon (laughs) did really come, sit next to the pot of elixir, you know, a potion (laughs) pot, and guard it. So... Up to present times, even when I was younger, I always heard something like, okay, the Taoist people, they cook the elixir potion in a pot, (laughs) and then they can attain immortality. It's always like that. How about you? Did you hear the same stuff? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, this is a great misunderstanding. (laughs) They're talking in a parable, you know? And only they themselves understand it. Because in the old time, if you ever uh, leak out that you are a Taoist, a practitioner, and you are enlightened and this and that, then maybe you get your head chopped off, or you get uh, you know harm in some way. You know, many masters have died tragically, yeah, because they dare to say that they know the Tao that they see the Tao, or they see God, or they see the inner realms of heaven. Even if they tell the truth, the society, most of whom do not understand what they're talking about, and most of whom cling to the uh, established order of religion, would never believe it. Yeah? So they accuse them of witchcraft, of black magic uh, practitioner of uh, harmful devil worshiper, whatever, because they cannot believe such thing can happen. You know, They would believe that these kind of people, they are just uh, cheating, you know, or they try to get money by boasting that they are enlightened, something like that, and they are harmful to the innocent <laughs> and uh, light-hearted believer, and so on and so on and so forth. And also the uh, established order of religion are also fearful, fearful that all their followers will come and follow this enlightened person, which has already happened at that time, or whoever. The Master at that time would attract the great crowd of all different faiths and different religious order come to their side and practice the true religious uh, enlightenment, yeah? The knowing from within the kingdom of God inside, the Buddha nature in you. So anyway, so they have to say that, okay, I'm still cooking, (laughs) I am still brewing my pot of elixir, and now the tiger and dragon came and protect uh, my cauldron of elixir. Then people understand that, okay, they are stabilized now in their practice, and they did not lose their level. Because sometimes you could like have a glimpse of a higher level, but you lost it next day, and you come up and you lost it. And one day when you stabilize yourself, in one level, no matter what level that is that I have told you at the time of initiation, uh, when you are stabilized in that level, and then you can move to the next soon. You see what I mean? So the dragon on one side and the tiger on the other side, that means, okay, I'm stabilized. Yeah, I'm cool now. Yeah, and I will continue further. Or maybe uh, he meant that uh, this person is already completely enlightened attained the fifth level already and he knew it already but he only can tell it to his master yeah or maybe in the gathering of uh, close disciple he tell his master then everybody knows that he attained the tao he attained the, the fifth level the highest level that the human being can attain so so now uh, finally another 3 years passed and uh, since he heard the, the voice of the white crane, the elixir was completed and he became an immortal. Ah, yeah, this is what it is, of course, yeah? <laughs> he became completely enlightened, right? Right now, completely enlightened. So that's what it means. An immortal, meaning that he's going to be no-born no death again, yeah? is liberated forever from the cycle of physical birth and physical death. Yes, He attained the fifth level of consciousness, the highest that we can attain as a human being, okay? Yes. Completely free from everything, from ego, from karma, from the circle of reincarnation, the birth and death, suffering, etc., etc. Completely free from the karmic, uh, retribution and uh, power to drag you back down into this physical world again. So uh, he has a choice whether to be reborn here or not reborn here. And if he's reborn here again, that means it's just to help others. Yeah, He's not forced to be reborn as per bad karmic retribution. That means truly immortal. Immortal doesn't mean you keep this physical body forever. Well, you could, as I told you already, if you stay between the threshold of the astral world and the physical world. You come back and forth a little bit, you know? Yes. Then you cannot stay forever in the physical world, but you can also not stay always in the astral world. You have to be like a, a rope walker, you know, balancing it. You know, it's like in some country there's a border in between yeah and there's a big long border <laughs> a room um, area yeah and you stand in between that and you can just uh, now and again uh, jump to Canada jump to America <laughs> jump to Mexico jump back and forth like that yeah and you come back and forth all the time already and uh, you are clean and clear and the uh, border police will just let you go and uh, no problem at all and you you can also neither be Mexican nor American you just uh, be free Yes? Like that, you can come and go to America, come and go to Mexico. Understand now? Hmm? Yeah? Okay. If you want to keep this uh, rotten physical body, be welcome. Just hang around in between the astral and the physical level. No? Oh, why not? It's fun. (laughs) You can come back, see me all the time and eat a lot of stuff in the kitchen. (laughs) I remember last night you you rather get up and eat the last supper, huh? Of the day only, yeah. It's nice to have a supper, huh? At night, huh? Anybody want to be breatharian? No. Why not? The pudding tastes good. Okay. (laughs) All right. Eat a little less, huh? I mean, enough to survive. Okay. Don't starve yourself, but don't stuff yourself too much. I cannot meditate very well. Yeah. All right. Now we continue hmm, with the immortality of uh, Chang Taoling. Hmm. He left his cave and traveled throughout the river valleys and mountains of Sichuan. On one of his journeys, he met Lao Tzu, ah, who taught him how to fly to the stars and tunnel under the earth. They just talk like that. (laughs) Now, they make us all confused, as if we could do that physically. Now, there may be some magical uh, way that you can do that too, but I doubt it if Lao Tzu would have taught him to fly to the star and dig a tunnel. I mean... um, uh, okay. means the person who could fly up to the sky anytime he wants and uh, uh, walk under the ground, under the soil, anytime he wants, disappearing anytime he wants. I doubted very much that Lao Tzu would have taught him this kind of magical power. Uh, do you know why I doubt it? So simple. Okay, do you remember why Lao Tzu wrote the Tao Te Ching? I gave you a hint. Why he wrote the Tao Te Ching? One of the uh, border police chief, you know, get hold of him and didn't let him go until he wrote down something. Is that correct? Yeah. Ah, you remember now? <laughs> How wonderful, such a good memory you have. Hmm. I read that when I was seven, and I still remember up to now. Okay, now. So suppose Lao Tzu knows the art of truly physically flying, you know, disappear into the star, or walking under the soil, you know, disappear into the into the ground, then he would have escaped. (laughs) He wanted to, to go away. And that guy stopped him and say, You cannot go until you write me something. So Lao Tzu had to stay there, a prisoner, and wrote the Tao Te Ching, finished, and then the guy let him go. Do you understand me? Yes. Ah, so what does it mean now? Fly into the stars and walk under uh, the earth. Anytime.
1: It doesn't mean your
0: physical body can do that, it mean your body can do that correct? So what does it mean? We could do that, right? When we meditate, we left the physical body. Sometimes we even see our physical body sitting there. Yeah? And then we fly up to wherever the Master takes us. Yeah? And then even Master sometimes take you, you know, go down under the, under the, the earth or go to hell, visit hell people to help somebody and to show you because you want to go to hell. Not because you like hell, but you want to prove that hell exists. Okay, so sometimes master even take you there, and then you are crying to go back quick. Yeah, (laughs) so this is the meaning of flying up to the star and disappearing under the soil to walk under the earth. Yes. So you heard the story of the monkey go to the west. Sun Kong, yeah, he could fly to the star and he could uh, run under the earth anytime he wants to disappear. It could be a similar story. This person has not reached the complete enlightenment, but he could go visit places like that already, yes. But even though he has attained so much power like that, you know, visit hell, visit heaven anytime, he still has to pay homage to Xuanzhuang. Even though Xuanzhuang doesn't have so much magical power like he does. The reason is Xuanzhuang was destined to be a master. And he is above all this uh, smaller level, you know, like go to the astral level, come back and all that stuff. Yes. So that's what it meant. So let's go back to Lao Tzu. So, when Lao Tzu departed uh, from uh, Taoling, he gave him a scroll of talismans that had the power to heal the sick and a magic sword that could drive away bad spirits. What does that mean? Huh? Does he really give him something? No, he might. He might have given him an instruction uh, for initiation. Yeah, so he can heal the sick and drive away the evil spirit, you know. The evil spirit doesn't necessarily mean a spirit. It means maybe something bad, the negative power, you know, that harm humans and animals and who are good and innocent people, yes. So he gave him the power to give initiation. Therefore you heard that Jesus healed the sick, yeah? And, uh, and killed the blind, yeah? ah uh-huh. You heard the same thing about your master. <laughs> Heal the sick and kill the blind. Remember? Everywhere you go, you hear that from the disciples or from outsider people even, from the people who are not even initiated. So that means he uh, endowed him with the power to be uh, an initiated agent for the power of the Most High, of, you know, power of Divine. All right. (laughs) The swirl, they could drive away malevolent spirit. That means the wisdom, yeah? The time of initiation when uh, you are imparted with this power, yes, is similar to the sword that cut asunder all the things that has been uh, ailing you, that has been troubling you, that has been attached to you and giving you trouble and obstructions in your life, and uh, make you separated from the Tao. Yeah. Okay. That is the sword, the sword of manchusri, the sword of wisdom. That doesn't mean a physical cutting knife. Yeah. You know that by now already, right? Yeah, you are so smart. I'm proud of you. <laughs> but of course, when people heard like that, they would imagine, oh, okay, Chang uh, Tao now have a sword, yeah, and cut the bad uh, spirit. You know, the the ghosts and all that. How can you cut the ghost with the sword? He doesn't have a body. <laughs> you understand me? Uh, the spirits don't have the body. Huh? Yes. Okay, the power to heal the sick It's the power like Jesus has Yes Uh, But he always uh, credited to his father Say, "Uh, you have faith in the father and you are healed Your faith has healed you Yeah He heals so many sick people Uh, There's nothing new to us Yeah You are initiated And many of your sickness are healed also But don't come for that I told you many times This is just by the way I'm telling you because you know that Right? Good, okay very good So now, as time went on, Tao Ling skilled in the art of magic, mature. It's not magic. It's not the magical power that he is mature in. You understand me? This is the power of the divine. But people don't understand it. Of course, when people come to him, and the sick get healed, the blind can see, see in a vision, yeah? Sometimes even physical blindness can be cured also, remember? Some of us, yeah? Some of you? Yeah? Remember? Okay, good. So now, because of that, you know, people think, oh, this guy, uh, he's a magician, he can heal the sick and cure the blind. But this is just not what he intended to do. He intended to impart to the people the knowledge of the Tao. So now Lao Tzu probably uh, has given him the, uh, the instruction, the authorization to initiate people. So now before he met Lao Tzu, he was meditating and hearing the sound and seeing the light already. That meant he has been studying with someone who was a disciple of Lao Tzu And then one day he has a chance to come and see the Master, yeah? Uh, Many of you are initiated and then come see Master later, remember? Same, right? Good, good. So now, you understood everything, right? It's so easy, huh? (laughs) No? (laughs) It's just like us, so it's so easy to understand. Okay. Now, he has been mature in the magical Power, you know, the so-called magical power. Because to the ordinary people who are not initiated by Him, they would never understand anything else like uh, inner vision or heavenly abode or anything like that. They would only see that, okay, the people... Uh, uh, who initiate? initiated by him, uh, suddenly became different, uh, more beautiful or healed or, uh, can see and explaining that I see the vision inside and I see God and see all that. And people would just think that's all he has, yeah? Heal the sick and cure the blind. Because he also don't dare, in any case, to say anything more to the outsider people except the trusted one, the one who come to him for learning the divine power, yeah? The power of yourself, the kingdom of God. The power of the Tao. So, so people can only see the outside, the outward manifestation of the Tao, which is uh, not even a fraction of whatever you can have or whatever you can know if you are initiated by him, yeah. Okay, so anyway, you understood. Soon he could make himself invisible or change himself into any shape he wished. He could hear and see over great distances and could call down rain and snow. He could heal the sick and drive away evil spirits. You see, his fame spread far and wide and people called him the celestial teacher for they believed that he was an immortal from the celestial dream. OK now. Doesn't this sound familiar to you? Ah why? Anybody who can explain this to me? Think about it. Answer me later. Okay? I'll see you later. Repeating my words is good, but realizing my words is better. Okay? Capito? Yes. Hmm. Are you happy? Yes. Did you eat good? Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: you like it here? Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: you love your neighbor? Yes. <laughs> good. Who's your neighbor? (laughs) Ah? (laughs) Okay. Okay, I know, I know. Good, good, good. Oh, Okay, we continue with this story, hey? Yeah. Ah. Okay. Remember, he could heal the sick and drive away any evil spirits. Uh, His fame spread far and wide, and people called him the celestial teacher. For they believed that he was an immortal from the celestial realm <laughs> uh, region, huh? Okay, fine. Now, let's see what else is here. When the six evil spirits uh, were wreaking havoc in Sichuan, Lao Tzu appeared to Chang Taoling and told him to return there to capture the spirits and bring them to judgment. Tao Ling secluded himself for one thousand days to prepare for this encounter. Now, secluding himself, what does he do? Secluding himself, huh? Meditate in solitude, yeah. Meditate alone, or meditate maybe with a companion or two, some, but purely for reinforcing more of his powers, since he has been walking around and. Uh, appearing everywhere (laughs) for initiation. (laughs) Maybe he has worn out, you know, some of his power. So this is a great job that he has to do, you see? The six evil spirits, like, conspired together to uh, make trouble for the people in Sichuan, where he was uh, meditating before, remember? Yeah, so Lao Tzu told him to go back there and take care of the people. He prepared himself one thousand days before he go out and encounter the evil spirit. When the six lords of evil heard that Zhang uh, Tao Ling was preparing to fight them, they gathered a large army of ghosts, ghosts, zombies and other evil creatures. Meanwhile, the immortal also made preparation. He selected a green mound outside the city of Chengdu and built a tower with an altar in the middle. On the altar, he placed objects of power, such as magical murals, Bells and talismans. I think all these also symbolic, inside or outside. Yes. Sometimes, according to the law of the physic, physical law, maybe you can use some certain objects. Yes, to transfer some power into it and reflecting uh, some positive energy, so that the evil spirit will be dissipated, yeah, will be driven away, yes. So now, it's just like uh, sometimes for dealing with certain negative power, yes, the master will also learn some kind of uh, like astral law, yeah, because these evil spirits, mostly inform astral levels, yeah? And so, in order to deal with them, sometimes even the enlightened master he has to use something which uh, according to uh, the astral magical law will work. Understand me? Yeah. As long as he doesn't harm anyone else, but just to drive the spirit away. kapish Yeah? Okay, now. So... Uh, about 10 p.m., Chang Taoling ascended the tower and invoked the wind, the rain, and thunder to beat upon the army of the evil spirits. Probably nobody would see this. Nobody would see what's going on. Yeah? Only him. Yeah? Or maybe some people who specialize in this field who would see these ghouls and... Ghost and, you know, zombie stuff. Hmm? Ordinary people will not be able to see what kind of battle is going on between the good and the evils, between the positive and the negative. Yeah? Okay? Probably somebody has seen this. That's why they have written the story. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. But when we read it, when the outsiders who read it, who don't, Uh, practice spiritual or don't have the wisdom eye open or at least the astral uh, uh, knowledge open, then they won't understand. They think it's just a children's story, okay? It won't happen. Nothing like that would ever happen because they have never seen such thing like that. But I tell you these things do happen. eh? Uh, Sometimes without the, the eyes of the mortal recognizing it, because it, it is in the invisible realm, in the astral atmosphere, yeah? And when the astral people come here, they don't always manifest into material form. They just use their original form. And then the normal people will not be able to see it. Understand, yeah? Yes. yes. At uh, 10 o'clock p.m., that's the time of the battle, Okay? Chang Tao Ling ascended the tower and invoked the wind, the rain, the thunder, to beat upon the army of the evil spirit. My God, my God, what an evil spirit. He also drew talismans of power. You see, talismans of power, though maybe invisible, yeah? It's the way of speaking. Maybe he has a talisman, but invisible to their other people's eyes. Maybe he also has some symbolic things in his hands. Yeah, okay. And and called on the celestial deities to fight the evil forces. Yes, the lords of evil sent flaming spears and arrows to hit Chang Taoling, but none of them could harm him. Pugh, scary, huh? As the deadly missiles flew toward him, he waved his swords of power and they were transformed into lotus flower. Ah Have you seen anything like that somewhere? No. Well, some Chinese people saw it. These things are abstract, but they do happen. These are invisible things, yeah? If you listen to some of the CD or DVD of old time when I was in Taiwan, yeah, some Chinese recount some of that. Yes. Some people might have seen it, but not all. Yes? And sometimes when you see like a big typhoon and all that stuff, it's not necessarily a natural phenomenon. You understand me? Yes. When it's too... Devastating. These are the working of the negative powers. But the thing is, sometimes the negative powers also succeed in destroying some things, it's because of people by karma. And sometimes the positive power has to also give in uh, as a fair play. You understand me? Uh, they cannot exceed. More than what they should do, yeah? Well sometimes they do, but then the people, bad karma is still such a force. so that force is even helping the negative power. You know what I mean, without people knowing it. It's like putting petrol into a fire. the lords of evil then sent an army of hungry ghosts to attack Chang Taoling. but when they reached the altar you know, when the, the hungry ghost reached the altar want to attack Chang Taoling, the immortal drew a talisman and all the ghosts fell on their knees and begged for compassion Next, the six evil lords sent an army of ghosts, vampires, oh my god, and zombies to attack Chang Taoling. When these creatures came near the altar, he rang his magical bells, and the undead clutched their ears and fell to the ground, never to rise again. It's too loud for them. <laughs> they cannot bear. It's just the, the bells, you know, the inside bells, such a strong power that the ghosts cannot bear. Yeah. Seeing their mission had failed, the Lord of Evil came forward themselves to attack Chang Taoling, who grasped his sword and drew the great seal of power. The swirl emitted a stream of bright light. Tell you, that was transformed into a net. The net descended over the six evil spirits and formed a cage around them. Oh. Then the evil ones saw their captor striding toward them with his word of power.
1: Mm. Gah, 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 gah. Mm.
0: They beg, at this time, they beg for mercy and forgiveness. Tao Ling said to them, You have brought illness and suffering to countless of people, and for these evil deeds, you must be punished. But as the celestial way is compassionate, I will not kill you. However, I will punish you by keeping you locked inside the depths of a mountain. In this way, you will not harm people again. You see that? Even forgiveness has some... Our limit, Forgiving is fine, but uh, this kind of evil force cannot always let them run around making trouble for people for no reason. huh? Mm. So when the people saw that the sick lords of evil had been captured, they went to thank Chang Tao Ling and asked him to teach them his magic. He did not want to turn them away So he told them to organize themselves into groups to help people who were in need. He also told them that uh, the most effective way to fight evil was to do good deeds. If everyone did only what is good, then evil could not take hold. To his close followers, Chang Taoling taught the magic of talisman. Talisman is protection, yeah? Some protective uh, measurement. It's not necessary an object or something or like uh, something to wear. <laughs> not necessary like that. So he teach them the magic of talismans and told them to always use them and use the power of, uh, of this magic for good never for evil. On the day he ascended to the celestial realm, he left this sword of power and the great seal to his son and trusted him to teach and lead the followers of the celestial teacher's way. I just give him the mantle of successor so that he can continue his way. That's what it is. You remember, huh? You have to keep the five precepts, even though you have great power. You've been initiated and you know that many things happen according to what you wish even. But still, we have to keep it within the limit of moral standard and virtues. We cannot use this power to anything that is no good. Yeah? Even if you do that, you will be punished many folds by the Lord, Lord of Karma. It's similar to us, eh? Yeah, similar that we have to fight evil with good deeds. Yes. All right, the story finished, and thank you. Now I think you should meditate, okay? Yes. And if you have to go home, uh, go in peace, okay? And go with God's love. Continue whatever good deed you're doing and will be doing, and more all the time, yeah? Lean on virtue. Use virtue as your pillow. Hmm? Use God power as your protection. Yes. Light and sound as the nourishment for your soul, that's it, okay? Yeah. I love you. Okay, we meditate now. your eyes.
1: you, yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, everybody there okay? Yeah, thank you,
1: Master. Love you. Love you. What? You still there? Come to here. You can see me, huh?
0: Good. <laughs> I must finish my office work, you know? Cannot come early. Yeah? (laughs) But I come now. We have all the (laughs) night. Oh, it's raining. I don't think it's going to rain very long.
1: It's beautiful. It's It's good, huh?
0: You have extra clothes anyway? Yes. 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 You do. just soak yourself. (laughs) Cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It It won't last long. I think not. You know? I don't have much time for my family. You are my family. All of you my family. The whole world is my family. Sorry I couldn't come earlier. I had so much office work waiting. My dogs, my boy, usually, we spend a lot of time together, sleeping together, huck, huck and all that. And now, you know, I have very little time. No time for napping together and all that. So whenever I'm home, you know, a lot of love, you know, wow, playing around together... They snacking a lot, and they get fat, and then I go, and then they come back. <laughs> they lost some weight, and I come back, get
1: fat again. <laughs> it's okay.
0: <laughs> I take all my office work, you know, and I sit uh, together in the kitchen, and I'm working, and they're playing, and I watch TV, and I'm... Now and again, they come and snuggle, snuggle, and I pat-pat, and they continue work, work, you know, one hand work, one hand pat-pat, and they take turn to come. I'm Very polite. <laughs> When one had had enough, you know, or the other one pressing behind, say, Come on, get over it, you know. <laughs> You've been there too long, man. It's a long queue here. And then he run, even though he still wants to stay. I know that. Also, oh, they take turns to come, and then I work on one hand and another hand, and I pet them. And they're also okay, Yeah, Just the birds are more difficult, you know. Dogs are more natural, they run around you all the time. Birds are more difficult. Yeah. One sister of yours, they you say she's kind of a little. Facts that uh, every Sunday she doesn't see my dogs and my birds she heard them when I'm cooking the cooking show you know and she wants to watch it every Sunday breakfast time with me and dogs and birds all together my goodness and then <laughs> she think I can have like 10 hands you know <laughs> It's the dogs may be okay yeah but the birds are not because if I put them in kitchen sometimes they are frightened of something. They fly into the soup. It's not funny, is it? You know, we can laugh when it didn't happen, but if it happens, it's terrible. So, she doesn't know what life I have. My goodness, look like every Sunday, Saturday, I sit there with her here, dog there, and then cook for her at the same time. My goodness. I don't mind. (laughs) I'm happy to do the work. It's just we have only 24 hours, yeah? Ah, okay. You know, normally we just at home, just like you at home, quickly, you know? Mostly we we save time for doing other things. Yeah, when we have time, then we cook. And don't have time, then just sesame brown rice standard. <laughs> <laughs> very simple. Yeah, and we warm some tofu or salad, whatever. Or don't eat even. Yeah, it's very simple. You try that. If you have time, you cook, elaborate. If you don't have time, sesame brown rice, salad, fruit. Yeah, and you have tofu handy or veggie ham something. You warm it up. We don't even need to wash too much, huh? Just put everything in a pot, huh? Like a a stool style, you know? Yeah. Put it in there and then and it cook. It tastes as good. Just as good, huh? Ah my secret. <laughs> the secret of a good cook.
1: <laughs>
0: we don't live to eat, no? Or do we? <laughs> Here yeah, huh? I told you, only in case you're busy, huh? No? Yeah, and it's still okay. As long as you have some fresh salads, fresh fruits accompany with it, you know, and some rice, that's all you need, or bread. My dogs also eat like that. They love it, no problem, they don't mind. Whatever, yeah. They're very simple. Just have to feed by hand, that's it. <laughs> They don't ask for much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have nine dogs and feed one by one by and. Imagine, no, they didn't ask for much. <laughs> Just joke. That's why all my attendants are busy. Every time, where is A? She's busy with dogs. Where is B? With the birds. <laughs> where is C? Oh, went out shopping for dogs. <laughs> we don't have enough dog food or <laughs> we run out of nuts for birds, something like that, you know, anything, anything. Yeah. It's okay. Fine. Okay. You remember yesterday we talked about uh, Taoism?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the founder of Taoism seemed to be Lao Tzu, huh? Yes. Okay. In Vietnam we also say Dao Lao. That means Laoism. Laoism is the equivalent of Taoism, okay? I I told you after Lao Tzu died they called himself Laoism, no? (laughs) And Christ died they called himself Christian, huh? Mohammedan, Buddhist, yeah, you know already by now, all right. Okay. So today, I'll tell you a little story about Lao Tzu, since you want to know uh, why. Why is he an old man and then become a young young boy and all that? This is the thing with the, with the enlightened person, you know? They can be anywhere, anytime. They don't have to be old yet to become a master. Huh? According to legend of China, Lao Tzu, the name Lao Tzu, means old kid, <laughs> also mean old man, eh? like Kung Fu Tzu, the yeah? old teacher. Kung Fu Tzu means uh, Master Kung. Eh? Legend had it that he was in his mother's womb for like 70 years, and then, and then he's born. Yeah, that's why they call him Lao Tzu, you know, old baby.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, so these two words are the same. Either to as a teacher or to as a, a kid, you know, a child. So maybe uh, because he's so old and he's still a kid, so they call him Lao Tzu, mean old kid. Huh? Okay. I guess nah, I guess. Now the legend had it that he was staying in his mother womb for seventy years plus and then come out, okay? That probably explained why yesterday remember the guy met Lao Tzu as an old man that came to his town, remember? Yes. And then he said, oh, later so and so years, you come back to such and such town and you find a blue blue ox. And then once he found the blue ox, what did he find also? A young. A little kid. Yes. Yeah, a young master, remember? He said, my young master loved this blue ox very much. That young master is just kid, but because... He's working for that family, so they call him also Master. Eh? Yeah. So I'm not the only Master, so don't worry about it, okay? <laughs> the name, is doesn't matter, the name. All right, so now, maybe even before he was born, he was already a Master. And I go in there just for the purpose of teaching his first disciple, yeah? and then he disappear, yeah? He just appeared to go there for a while to teach him. Meanwhile, he was still in the celestial realm. He has not come down to reincarnate yet. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Ah, that's why he says, and so and so year, and you go to Sichuan and look for a blue ox. Because he will know at that time he will be reincarnated again. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? Or maybe at that time he is already old, yeah? And he taught his only and first disciple. And then he left the physical world and then he knew at what time, what day he would be reborn again and where and where. So he told his disciple, go there, you meet me again. Yeah. But when he came there, he saw a little kid. But then a little kid transformed into an old man. Perhaps that's why they call him Lao Tzu. Yeah, a little old kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because his name actually is Li Er, you know? Er, er just an er, zi, the er huh? 小鹅的鹅, huh? 耳朵。耳朵? 哎呦, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So his name is Li Er, And the er sometimes is sound like little baby also or a child. But I asked them whether that character is written as a child or as a ear. So they say it's a ear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mean your ear, ear, yeah, and Er uh, mean little kid, yeah, or my child, my daughter, er mean child, yeah. So they say it's uh, written as an ear. I say, oh my god, it's not very nice name. <laughs> but I say, I guess maybe because he practice quanning method, so they mention the ears <laughs> for the sound, you know, <laughs> maybe. It's destined to to learn or to teach Quan Method, so his name is already earmarked like that, (laughs) (laughs) so that we don't mistake, okay? So people don't mistake at that time. So his name is Lao Tzu, you know? Perhaps because of that event, yeah? Maybe because of that transformation in his house when his first disciple came, yeah? Suddenly he transformed himself into... Uh, an old man. I don't think it is physical. Yeah. I think it is more metaphysical. Yeah, uh, Perhaps uh, his disciple as well as other people around can also see it at the same time. So they witnessed it and so they changed his name, become a little old kid. <laughs> yes, I guess that's what it is. They think that he has been in his mother womb all this time, for 70 years, and now he just came out. Because otherwise, how would Wunsch have uh, known this man long ago when he was 70 years old? You see what I mean? Yeah. Or, or 60 something at that time. So they uh, put two and two and they make it four. <laughs> but this two and that two doesn't make four, and uh, never mind. <laughs> I mean, the, the worldly people they can never explain this. Yes, so they would just say that he has been in his mother womb all this time, <laughs> and then he manifests himself uh, into the uh, the old man over there and teach this guy, and then come back to his mother womb and stay in there, and then just come out recently, something like that. That's why the legend say that he stayed in his mother womb for seventy some years. Okay, that's that. That's explain his name. And that explain also yesterday the story why the disciple came and then the old man became the the little kid and then the little kid transformed again into an old man, etc. etc. Oh, they're really confusing us. <laughs> Never mind, it's just a story. It's just a bad time story. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, here the story says that Lao Tzu originally named was Li er. Yes. The legend say that on the night he was conceived, his mother saw an infant wrapped up by the sun, the moon and the clouds. On the morning of his birth, three sons rose from the east, and after his suckle, magic water came out of the mouths of nine dragons. Don't ask me.
1: <laughs>
0: and don't look at me.
1: <laughs>
0: I am wondering just like you. <laughs> I'm wondering what is it all about?
1: That's one impressive
0: day. Very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> just like the Buddha, you know, when he was born, there's seven lotus, you know, uh, bloom under his feet and he walk on it. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. No need midwife, nothing. He come out by (laughs) himself and he walks (laughs) you. (laughs) That's also impressive baby. We have some impressive baby in the East. And we didn't hear such thing in the West, huh? (laughs) Okay. Even in the West, if people have such story, they would not write it. You know, they think, ah, just nonsense, no such thing. The Eastern people, they, you know, more diligent. They write out whatever happened, huh? And you believe it or not, is your problem.
1: <laughs>
0: Why not, eh? Yeah, you just tell the truth. People believe or not believe. Doesn't matter, right? Hmm. Water came out of the months of nine dragons. Oh, I don't know that nine dragons, where it is. But the three suns rose from the east. Ah, is similar to Jesus Christ's birth, eh? The bright star that uh, appeared from the east, right? Also from the east. I uh, Everything from the east. And then have led three wise men all the way to the mango where Jesus was to pay homage to him and offer something for comfort for the Son of God. And similar here, uh, the three sons rose from the east and after his circle, magic came out of the mouth of nine dragons. Probably there were nine dragons, a statue of some sort at the time, or there was... A river called nine dragons, yeah, and perhaps there were nine dragons in that river, so they call it nine dragons, or maybe it resemble nine dragons, you know, yeah, and people believe in the East that dragons are the ones who make water, who make rain and all that, mm. So, this is just maybe symbolic talk, huh? Eh? Or maybe someone who has practiced as spiritual and saw something happening like that. Yes. The three three suns rose from the east. This you have to take it with a pinch of candy. <laughs> you understand me? <laughs> now, what they probably meant was that someone is meditating, yeah? and saw the sun. You know, just like when you meditate, you saw the sun inside. And it's three suns or four suns or sometimes even thousand suns, yeah? the, the brightness of it, like that. Probably when he's born, uh, the whole earth is very happy, the universe celebrates, you know. Mm-hmm. So some practitioner takes this energy and also sees something, you know, like three suns from the east or nine dragons with plenty of water. That means uh, very abundance, you know. So, so the people, because in the old time, people relying on rains and river water. Much of the time, relying on rain, eh? and then uh, so if people see something like the water come out of the nine dragons, yes, or the uh, the sunrise, something like that, is a very auspicious omen yeah the water comes out of the nine dragon's mouth, and that means they have a lot of water. They're going to have a lot of harvest, good harvest, yeah, okay. Uh, it's a symbol of good luck. Ah, all right. Okay, continue with Leo's life. Leo was a very um, exceptional child. It's not normal. at three his body radiated a golden glow, you know, the aura, golden aura. Already at three years old. At five, he gazed at the sun and smiled and looked at the moon and sighed. <laughs> Probably he was a solarian and moonarian, yeah, trying to get the uh, energy from the sun to sustain himself more than ordinary mean of food, you know, the extra, extra. At seven, he learned to swallow the rays of the sun, the moon, and the
1: stars. He swallowed them. (laughs) He eat them? (laughs) No,
0: but perhaps he has learned the art of taking pranā, from natural phenomena, yeah, from natural bodies in the celestial realm, in the, in the firmament, yes. Just like nowadays, some people live from the sun, yeah, sun rays, and uh, from everything that they they take in, you know. We saw on TV the man who eats only sun, who lives from the sun, yeah, and he drinks a little water every day. Remember? Uh-huh. And this is a true story, you know, like in the Yogananda biography, he also recounts many people who, who doesn't eat normal food, but live from air or sun or what they call prana, you know, the chi. In Chinese they call it chi. The chi is everywhere, from the ground you walk to the air around you, from the trees, forest. yeah, especially in the forests and mountains, the chi are purer than normal here, yeah. There was one person, a woman from the West, I mean the Occidental people, and she, she also tried to live on air like that. And she said whenever she's up in the mountain or somewhere like remote area, she can sustain the non, non-eating state. Yeah, a long time, longer. But whenever she went down back into the city, she cannot hold it very well. Perhaps the air, the chi, you know, in the atmosphere in the mountain and the forest is more conducive for some for for some people. Yeah, some people they can just live anywhere and also live on air as well. Yogananda he has uh, told us the story of uh, Teresa Neumann in Germany. Yes, that has been proven even by doctors that she never ate; she just uh, swallowed a piece of waffle thin, you know, like paper. A piece of paper, like, you know, those, uh, they're consecrated. In the church, they give you waffle uh, cake, very thin, like a paper, like a piece of this paper, yeah. Mm. And she swallowed that every day as a ritual of a nun, you know? That's it, and nothing else. And she lived like that until she's
1: gone.
0: I myself, I told you already that I knew also one nun in Taiwan. eh? She lived until 60-something and she has never eaten anything since a long time many many years, maybe since her thirty or something yes and she became a nun and then she just don't eat, but she drinks a little bit of water that' uh, consecrated by the compassion mantra that is supposed to be the mantra from Kuan Yin Bodhisattva yeah, so every day they 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 do this uh, ritual, you know like in the church you get up and and you pray and sing song, yeah, praising God. So a Buddhist temple also, in the morning you wake up, you sing the sutra and the mantra and the old text, yeah, and then uh, and then consecrate the water by that, bless the water by that. And then she drink a little bit like that every day. She really doesn't eat anything. <laughs> so this thing happened, hey? yeah. So perhaps Lao Tzu... When he was young, he already began to learn the art of Solarian, Breatharian, Manarian, you know, Waterian, whatever, yeah. So in case you don't have any food, don't, don't panic. Just remember, remember you have uh, the source of all sustenance within you. Just call on to that force to sustain you. That's it. Really simple. And continue your quanin practice. In that case, we save a lot of more time. Also, what's wrong with it, you know I mean? Don't have to panic, right? No need to wash dishes, no need to go shopping, nothing. So don't panic, okay? Don't worry about food shortage. Don't worry about water shortage. Don't worry even about the end of the world. We are doing uh, things like informing people, vegetarian, all that, all because of compassion, yeah? All because we want people to awaken within themselves their own noble nature their own compassion, and their own loving, great self again. That's all, okay? So don't worry about dying or have no food. If you have no food, you pray, okay, to the inner divine self, which provides things for everything on earth and all the whole universe. Yeah? The air also provided by that source. Yeah, the water also manifested by that source. We also are manifested by that loving source which we have within ourselves, the source of all life. So we don't worry about that, okay? If we have food, we eat. If we don't have, then we don't eat. Have a simple philosophy. (laughs) And if we don't have water, same, same philosophy, okay? Don't drink. (laughs) But uh, as we work harder, like the way you do, yes, you go out and distribute flyer and all that, then uh, we will have... uh, more food, more water, plenty, don't worry, okay? And if not, then I told you already. Don't say that I did not tell you. Huh? The source of food, the source of sustenance, the source of life is within you. Call on that source any time you need, okay? Understand? Don't worry about anything at all. We don't need to worry about what choice we should make, right? Very simple, straightforward, right in front of your nose. <laughs> I told you in the beginning already, since the time I met you, that life is very dangerous. It ends always deadly.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> there is such a game like that, no? Okay? Some people, they go do some very dangerous game, you know? Like jumping with parachute from the cliff, and six people, but only five parachutes. And the other one have no parachute, so they... They risk their lives just to see who who Can <laughs> you believe that? Oh. Why is there such a spot like that? I just want to show them macho. Why so hurry like that? At the end, we die anyway, huh? <laughs> no need jumping rope, no? <laughs> you know that spot, right? Some place it exists? Yeah, well, a secret, but I'm telling only you. <laughs> no, I read it on newspapers. Some people are bored. So bored, they have to <laughs> go out and find something exciting and suspense to do, you know? Because they know, all of them know, that one of uh, the, the bag has no parachute in it. So when you open it, you just fall down, you know what I mean? And other five will have a parachute. One of the bags, it's just no parachute. It just uh, look like, but there's nothing in it. So you, you, you pick your choice. It's your problem, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> and they sign the name, OK, I'm willing to die in case. Ah, something like that. huh? Oh, look at her face. <laughs> it's not you, why worry? <laughs> I hope you don't choose that. <laughs> yes. Ah, well, some people choose to die like that, some people choose to die in different way. Try until
1: till these ten come. <laughs> oh, whole ten these five people tried. <laughs> no, 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 no. All
0: it's all not all that. Them. They all jump together at one time.
1: Oh, right.
0: Yeah, and they take whatever assigned to them. And the person assigned also doesn't know which one. You know, this is kind of a lotto, <laughs> uh, gambling with your own life. Some people like it like that. Maybe they bet with each other, or maybe they just want to die, they don't have excuse, so I do that just in case they die naturally, it's easy. <laughs> well... People have their choice, okay? Mm. Now, we go back to the uh, Lao, Tzu, huh? Lao Tzu. He's not uh, ever interested in becoming uh, an officials in the court of the king. He doesn't want to really work for the government. So he went to the uh, library to work at the librarian. Uh, there he can read a lot of, Ancient texts and study the Tao, <laughs> the Dharma, yes. You must know, only the imperial library have it. Imperial library, they have all kinds of books, rare books, Yeah, Old textbooks from maybe different scriptures from the old time, a rare collection, yes. So if he works there, he had access to all these rare texts and he can study to his heart content. If he's a poor man, he could never afford so many books. You know, what I mean? he cannot buy all that himself. Even if he has money, he cannot buy all that. Yeah, the king has priority. You see, put in a library like that. And you must know, in those times, to to have a book is is something of the great possession, eh? because they don't use machine like nowadays to print text. They carve alphabet, they carve words, words into. Stone tablets or wood, yeah? And so they do it one by one like this. So the process of printing is uh, very (laughs) laborious. And if uh, you want the book, I guess you have to wait for a long time, yeah? Therefore, if you can uh, have access to the Imperial Library, that's just very lucky and it's wonderful. So he loved to study those anyway. So he worked there. At that time, The lord of that uh, area is uh, Liu An, yeah, and uh, he has a palace, of course. And one day, eight people, eight old men, went to this palace and asked for an audience with this lord, the prince, maybe one of the prince. You know, prince it's like a lord of the region, you know? It's not like prince in the palace, uh, son of the king. It's not necessarily like that. When you're aristocrat, you can also be called prince, and then you own your estate somewhere, like in a castle and something like that. So eight men, all very old men, appear in front of this uh, castle and ask for an audience with the prince, Liu The guards at the castle, look at them with... The, this kind of eyes, you know, maybe half eyes, only one eye. <laughs> I don't know how. But it seems like not a very normal eyes here, you know, as the way it's written. And said to them, You want to see our Lord, huh? Uh, you better have something to offer Him, do you? So they say, "What? What is your Lord <laughs> desire? So they say, Okay, there are three things that uh, our Lord, you know, they call him, is uh, very interested in. The first thing that uh, he liked to learn, the art of longevity. The second thing is he wants to meet the scholars of uh, extraordinary status, scholars, well-learned scholars. The third, he would like to recruit, retainers, who are experts in the martial arts. I mean, those Kung Fu master. eh? All right. You are all old and weak. And <laughs> I told you they look with different eyes, didn't I? You are old and weak. What can you offer to our Lord that you come here bothering us? <laughs> when the AO men heard this challenge, they laughed, laughed and laughed, and they said, we have heard that the prince, <laughs> the prince of Wainan is a generous man <laughs> and does not judge people by appearances. However, if you think that your master will only receive those who are young and able, then we will be glad to oblige him also. Oh, there hidden muscle somewhere, huh? <laughs> Immediately, the eight-old man transformed himself into handsome, strong, tall youth. Wow, I'd like to see that happen one day <laughs> in front of my eyes. <laughs> Remember the joke I told you? A little naughty joke? No? In the church. The pastor said to his congregation that today the church specially needs uh, extra money. If anybody uh, who give like $3,000 into the plate can can choose three hymns for that day. So the old woman right in front give $3,000. <laughs> and then the, the pastor asked her to come up and say, Okay, now you can choose three hymns. And he said, I want him, I want him, and I want him. (laughs) The three handsome, him. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She should have come and learned with this Amen. (laughs) Okay. Oh, immediately the God knelt on the floor, begged for forgiveness and ran to inform their master at once that their eight immortals had arrived at their gate. Yeah. Liu An quickly went out and to welcome the visitors and who by then had transformed back into old men already. <laughs> old men, aren't they busy? Huh? Why don't just keep one form, huh? And transform back and forth, back and forth. Ah, confusing us. All right. The prince also knelt down on the floor, bowed to the men and said to them, It is an honor for me to receive such distinguished guests. So that night, Liu An prepared a big feast to honor the eight Taoists. During the dinner, one of the old men stood up and said to the prince, we see that you are sincere in your pursuit of the Tao. Each of us has a specialty that he can teach you. One of us can command the elements, make rain and change the course of rivers. Another can move mountains, tame wild beasts, and summon spirits and ghosts. Phew. Are you interested? <laughs> no? Me neither. <laughs> Nowadays we just use uh, the cat, the bobcat, right? <laughs> the crane? <laughs> Simple move, mountain. Another can hide the movement of armies and make them appear at different places at the same time. Interested? Nah, we don't want war anyway. Another cannot be harmed by fire, water, or weapons. Weapons. Another can create and craft anything he wants. Animals, plants, or inanimate objects. Another still can see impending disasters and is skilled in the arts of longevity and immortality. Wow. Interested? No? Okay. Good boy. Good girl. <laughs> Another can transform dirt into gold and lead into silver. Oh that's interesting.
1: <laughs>
0: if I had no one like that who could tell him transform this place into bigger place. Or transform all this purple into gold and then we can buy a bigger place. <laughs> yeah, then all of you can stay forever. Every day just transform in pepper and go out shopping. <laughs> we don't need to work anymore, right? We use the pepper to buy tickets and send you all over the place to inform people about vegetarian diet and then come back in no time. Hmm? I need somebody who also can manifest aeroplane
1: <laughs>
0: or the UFO. We yeah. right, come and go, come and go, away. Eh? Another still can fly in the sky and tunnel beneath the earth. Ah, this is typical of those uh, magical power at that time. Hmm? Yes, they talk about flying in the sky and and tunnel under the the earth. They love those stuff. Yeah. Of these skills, which one would you like to learn, Your Highness? So Liu An, the prince, replied to them, All I wish is to be able to predict catastrophe and live a happy and long life. Oh, he didn't want much, huh? What would you like to learn? You say all of them, right?
1: <laughs> How can you learn
0: them all? Even eight of them, each one only can master one kind of art, and not all of them. You know why? Take a long time to learn those things. I just go out, pay a few hundred dollars, and then get the bobcat, bobcat. <laughs> and the crane, and then they do it fast. <laughs> all this you take long time to learn. You understand? Years and years of practice. And have to continue all the time, otherwise you forget. You lost the power. So Liu and spent nine years... <laughs> I told you, Liu <laughs> and the prince spent nine years learning from the old man, and eventually succeeded in making the pill of immortality. Where is he now? <laughs> you see what I mean? Huh? Immortality, I, I guess, is is not uh, physical. Hey, yes. And all the things that they were talking about here I guess is also not physical either yeah It's just like when we meditate we feel like we fly in the air yeah we do fly and some of you when visit other planets and come back tell me a lot of stuff or some feel like you went in to the earth or went to hell even visit somebody your friend or whatever there <laughs> and came back yeah so and some also can move mountain and move the rivers and all that stuff. These things do happen without you even doing anything. If you're a practitioner, in the time of need, any miracle can happen to protect you or to help you in a special situation. Eh? When you need it, when you truly need it. All right. So... Uh, he succeeded in making the pill of immortality. I guess that means that he have transcended life and death. Yeah, he has learned the art of meditation, and uh, he became enlightened already, yeah? He will not be reborn again with the karmic burden. All right, so. However, on the day that he completed his, uh, his apprenticeship, His son was killed accidentally by one of the emperor's secretary during a sword fighting practice session. Oh, God. This is terrible. Fearing that the lord of Huainan, mean the prince, would sentence him to death, the secretary told the emperor that Liu An was plotting a rebellion. So, the lord of... uh, Huainan is Liu An, yeah, the prince of that region as Liu An. But uh, his secretary killed his son by accident, and the secretary worried that Liu An would kill him. So he went to tell, of course, the emperor of the country that Liu An is uh, plotting some coup d'etat, yeah, instead, so that the emperor would go and capture Liu An and family instead, so Liu An cannot kill him, you see? Oh, terrible man. That evening, the emperor issued an order to arrest Liu An, of course. And uh, the old man said to the prince, You should leave the palace immediately before the emperor sent some guard to capture him. The old man already knew it. Yes, yes. So he said, This is a warning from heaven. If you tarry, you will be captured and executed. Liu An, heeded the advice of his teacher immediately. Ha, good boy, good boy. He didn't know why yet, you see what I mean? And the old man doesn't say nothing much. Just say, if you stay here, you will be captured and killed. Being a good disciple, he did not need explanation. Good disciple don't need explanation. They just listen to their master, period, right? Whatever the master say... They know it's correct. So he did not ask for the. He immediately listened to his master and escaped. So he went to his laboratory, took a pill from the cauldron, (laughs) the immortality pill, and swallowed it. So in his hurry to leave the palace... He knocked the cauldron onto his side and scattered the remaining little pills all over the floor. Before the pills could be picked up by the servants, they were eaten by the cats and the dogs in the household. (laughs) So you know what it's like, huh? Cat, dog became enlightened, huh? (laughs) So when the emperor's soldiers arrived at Liu An's palace, he was nowhere... To be found. The officer questioned the townspeople, and they told him, "Oh, we saw the Lord of Hainan, mean the Prince Liu An, floating up in the sky with cats and dogs <laughs> flying <laughs> with him together <laughs> <laughs> behind him. <laughs> it's a very funny story. Yeah, that is the end of the story." So now, do you think that Liu An really did cook up some potion in his kitchen <laughs> huh? for Supreme Master television show or something?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what means by he came and took a pill in the cauldron, you know? Remember, they say that at that time he already succeeded in cooking, making a pill of immortality. So what does that mean that he go and took some pill from the, the pot? What does it mean? Mean he really took some pills? He meditated. He meditated. Oh, okay. And then he escaped, huh? Probably escaped somewhere. But because he meditated, and during the meditation times, perhaps uh, people see his transformation body uh, fly up in the sky, you know. But at that time, he probably was somewhere else already meditating. Yeah. And of course his dogs and cats, if they're with him, they probably also fly all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and people see that and they think, Oh, they all fly up in the sky. And not necessarily they see that, but the people who meditate, you see? Maybe his uh fellow practitioners, yeah, saw him that and in the town where where the A immortal have come, probably they teach more than just the prince. You see, the prince would have let other people come and learn also, yeah? So the whole town probably, <laughs> mostly are practitioners. If something the prince learned, he would have shared it with others when it's such a good thing like that. You see what I mean? And he has the power, you see? He's a chief of the town. So, of course, he let everybody come. and Okay, come here and learn and get initiation and practice together. And... Liu An probably was the one who got the, the highest enlightenment first or the complete enlightenment first, yeah? So at that time they say, oh, he, he has uh, <laughs> cooked up the pill already. <laughs> In the old time they have to talk like that. You know you cannot talk about enlightenment, the Tao, and oh, you get your head chopped off. Yeah, you know that, right? Even nowadays we still have to be careful where we, we say it and it depends on which country we cannot even say things openly. You know that, right? So you see, even when you practice the Quaning method or meditation like this, if you are highly developed spiritually, your cats, your dogs also <laughs> get elevated. Huh? It's true like that. It's true like that. Yeah. Okay. So even uh, five or nine generations of yours also get helped. Yeah? Your dogs, your cats also. <laughs> Whoever you love. Yeah, we'll be also elevated accordingly, according to your standard. If you are high, they are also high. If you are low, they are also low. Ah, <laughs> oh, too bad. <laughs> it's fair, no? Mm-hmm. All right, good story, eh? Mm. All right, good, good, that's it. Are you happy now? You also need to go home to work, okay? I mean, not just work, earning money, but work. For the world, okay, also, yes, huh? <laughs> must earn money, right, but also work for the world, eh
1: okay.
0: yeah. all right <laughs> have a good trip, I am so sorry, you have to leave. I really am. I want to keep all of you honestly, <laughs>
1: maybe one day
0: we'll. <laughs> who knows, if the world is safe, huh, stabilize, huh, or we catch one of those amen huh. <laughs> who can transform dirt into gold, huh?
1: Yeah.
0: And then we can buy the whole beach down there, huh? Yeah. Buy all the hotels on the beach, yeah.
1: huh?
0: <laughs> okay, we uh, meditate then. Or anything else? Meditate, okay? Is that okay? Yes. Okay, I sit with you, okay? Yes. Yeah, all right, love.